Spectrum Health presents Journey to Mental Health, a 30-minute podcast addressing the causes and treatments of mental health issues with your host, Bob Stahura, along with Melanie White, licensed mental health clinician. Join us on our journey to mental health. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We have a very special guest with us today, Robert Kanata, Senior Vice President of Business Development and Community Crisis Services for Spectrum Health. So you and Mulaney are very familiar with each other. But also um, what's really important today as well is the fact that you serve on the executive committee of the Suicide Prevention Coalition of Erie County. And September is Suicide Prevention Month. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all, you know, somewhere in our lives, everyone has gone through something. And I, with my situation, when I went through my dark times, yeah. although my faith would not allow me to commit suicide, what that did to me was make it almost worse because I didn't feel I had that escape because I think that's how people look at it. But I certainly can understand totally why that would be a consideration when you don't feel you have any way out. When I think of suicide, I mean, it's sad because, you know, I always think of it as missed opportunities and I think about it as people not having the chance to live their best life. So um, I've really dedicated most of my career to people overcoming substance use issues and mental health issues. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be at Spectrum. I, I kind of started at Spectrum back in the uh, 80s mm-hmm. uh, and I recently came back about seven years ago. Uh, but I, I'm also thrilled to be with the uh, Suicide Prevention Coalition of Erie County. You know, it's really a collection of like 50 or so agencies, including police, fire, mental health agencies, survivors of mm-hmm. suicide themselves, family members, agencies, schools, hospitals. So it's a really nice chance to get everybody together. Mm-hmm. So you're not overwhelmed, you know, yeah. with like, okay, what do we do about suicide? You have this group that can get together and everybody contributes something. So it's just a wonderful experience for me. So I've, I've been knowing... Hi, Bob. <laughs> I just have to say Bob is one of my favorite people. I'm just saying. I had to put that in there. You, when you started out, Bob, you said you started out by saying missed opportunities. And, and I wanted you to kind of tap into that a little bit when we talk about suicidal ideation and when people actually commit suicide. And just the thought of how would you identify missed opportunities? Uh, one of the things that, that happens is that when people become suicidal or get, get the feelings of suicide, like they tend to lose their broad focus and Mm -hmm. it it kind of is like you know people have said it better than I do in terms of crawling down a black hole or having like this real restricted view of things so um, I've also talked to people over the years that have said you know I, I wanted to die but I only wanted to die for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the little while is about in the moment, I don't see anything else. And then the people that have survived that didn't follow through, whether with a suicide plan or attempt, have a lot of times like they'll, they'll say, you know, I, I have other things to live for. I didn't see it in the moment, yeah. but I see it now. So I always mm-hmm. look at it as like, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, the living your best life, living, you know, all those things that you want to do that, you know, unfortunately could be ended by one simple act. No, I love that because when when you said missed opportunities, my mind, because of being also a mental health clinician, is to really look at both ends of the coin, which is the person who finds themselves being unable to reach out as far as look beyond where they're at. 
right? Yes, that struggling yes. place. But then also looking on the opposite end of resources and seeing where there could have been some lost opportunities there too to help. So I, I, when you said that, I think I tapped into both angles of that. So. Well, and it reminds me of like things that we've talked about before too and as clinicians, like you could spend a lot of time with like, okay, don't feel suicidal. Don't think about suicide. Mm-hmm. But people have to be looking at if you weren't feeling suicidal in the moment, what else would you be thinking about? What yeah. could you be doing? So a lot of times like it's almost like a dual focus. When we talk about preventing suicide, I always think about it as you're trying to give them opportunities to see something else, wellness, health, yeah. all the good things. Yeah, no, I, I love that you tap into that because that's perfect. That actually segments right into it because if you have this person who has this suicidal ideation and they do reach out Mm -hmm. that piece of missed opportunity might be reaching out to someone who doesn't know specifically what to say Mm -hmm. know how to guide that person and so that that is so helpful to be able to look and say here are some of the things that you could do Here are some of the ways that you could be thinking. Look at life. Look at today. Look at family. Look at the, you know, the dynamics of that. Because, again, a struggle is a struggle. And in the moment, they could be in that dark space. Let me ask you this. I, I re- referred to my own experience with suicidal thoughts. Have either of you ever had a moment? A suicidal moment? Yeah. I have not now, but on that same thinking, I have felt when there had been a situation, I remember saying, oh, goodness, why am I dealing with this? Um, Trying to figure out a way to be not in that place, not in that situation, wanting to get out. But I think it is a lot of people's assumption that everybody has suicidal thoughts at one time or another. But I I would say that that's not a true statement because we can feel lost. We can feel like we're struggling, but we all don't have to have that. um, I want to harm myself. I don't want to be here. I wish to be dead, but it can be, well, what would life be? And I know what you're tapping into that thought of what would life be if I weren't, if I were not here? Well, that's one. That's Mm -hmm. one. So Mm -hmm. let me ask you before we continue, Bob, what about you? Yeah. Well, I think of it as like on a continuum, like no, have I, you know, have I made a suicide attempt to know, have I thought in the back of my mind at points during my life? Boy, you know, there's almost, you play with that idea of like, oh, it'd be so good if I didn't have to struggle with this, mm-hmm. if I wasn't around or, you know, and then again, you, you know, I've heard people say, I mean, suicide is a, you know, an immediate solution for something that, you know, is not going to, you know, last a mm-hmm. lifetime. Right. Well, and, and that the you know, thing is, you don't know, if, you feel like I know in my own experience, I felt like there was no hope, there was no escape and it was never going to end. So yeah. the only way out would be to just give up and it's like I can't it's just so excruciating but you brought up a good point that Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of you know harming yourself and also if you feel so worthless why am I even here what is my purpose I'm not I'm not any good for anybody so I'm going to just disappear I'm, a, I'm not only an intake clinician, but I'm also, um, we have these questions that we go through as an intake clinician when we're doing our assessments. And in the questions that I think are, when I, when I listened to them when I first got hired, I was like, why are they asking the same thing? But I get it, right? There is like wishes to be dead, wants to harm yourself, not wanting to be here just having the behaviors of harming self, cutting. Is it to kill yourself or is it cutting 
to end some type of pain in the moment. Mm-hmm. Bob just said there's the thought of I want to not be in this situation. That's not saying I don't want to be in this body. Mm-hmm. That's not saying I don't want to be on this planet. That's saying this situation is hard. Right. How can I get out of this situation? Right. right. And so there is a difference. And the the truth is we can teeter-totter between the two until the actual attempt happens. Right. And I think also we need to create the truth of hope. Hope is, is a real thing. Mm-hmm. How do you get someone to be hopeful when they have no clue how they're going to get out of their situation or they don't see a way out or they just can't imagine that it's ever going to get any better? Come on, Bob, give us that. <laughs> the, the miracle answer. Uh-huh. You're right, right, right. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great what you're saying, Bob, too, and that it's like, so what's going to get people out of hope? Now, I, I would say when you're in the moment, I mean, of most things, right, that, that drive us, when you're in the moment, a lot of times it's almost too late. It's like you have mm-hmm. to kind of think ahead of time. You know, we, we do a, with the Suicide Prevention Coalition, we emphasize a lot of lethal means reduction, you know. So you get into, you know, there, there are people that own firearms. So the goal, you know, with the coalition is not to take away the firearms, but if you're going to have firearms, Keep them safe. Keep them locked. Keep, keep if, mm-hmm. if you're going through a time where things are bad and you can't trust the way that you're going to react, then give those firearms to someone else. Yeah. And there, there's a whole lot. You know, yeah. we could probably spend hours yeah. on this. There's a firearm storage map now in Erie County that we were a part of where somebody could go online and find places to actually bring their firearms. You know, again, we could talk yeah. about that. But, but just in general, when I think of hope, I mean, the antidote for feeling suicidal is to have hope. And, and the way to have hope is connections. You know, it really is about connections. It's sure. about doing things for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, being with people that you trust, you know, being with people that can support you. So, yeah. you know, that again, that goes into the whole stigma thing. And, and it's not just, uh, you know, somebody could listen to a program like this and say, oh, it's great. There's resources out there, mm-hmm. you know, for, for other people. But it's not other people. It's all of us. Right. And, yeah. and everybody yes. in the community has right. to be part of the resource. Yeah. You know, even the wording. I mean, we, we talked about like we're, we're getting away from referring to uh, like, like it is committed, you know, committed mm-hmm. suicide or he threatened to kill himself. You know, those words like have this very negative, like you've committed a crime. You've, you know, again, I don't want to diminish that that suicide, you know, is a terrible thing to happen. But, but again, when we get away from words like committed, we get away from words like threatened Mm -hmm. and we try to be more accepting more of like what the real Mm -hmm. experience is. That's a step in the right direction. And, you know, you talked about, we could spend hours on a lot of these topics. So believe it or not, we have gone over time. Would you mind staying for another segment? Sure. Okay, because there are things we want to talk about. Perfect, perfect, perfect. We'll be back. We are back, and Bob Kanata is back. We're talking about Suicide Prevention Month Mm -hmm. and reading the statistics. We all know this is true. I mean, between 2011 and 2021, the last decade, suicide thoughts, plans, and attempts have increased, and the total number of suicide deaths increased, especially among people of color, the study shows. But not to take away from that, again, you said anyone. It, It could be anyone that has these thoughts. My question is, how do you get someone who feels no hope, how do you get them to 
institute the tools of, of trying to uh, overcome the lack of hope and the no escape. I mean, there's breathing exercises, there's inspirational messages that you can tap into. What other things are there that you recommend to people when you're counseling them? Well, I, I always think of meaningful relationships. So like when, you, when you're talking about like statistics, yes, the rate is higher. There, there's more suicide uh, ideation and attempts by people of color. Um, younger kids, 15 to 24 is like one of the higher uh, growing areas for suicide attempts. Uh, LGBTQ community also will say the same thing in that there's high rates. So what's that about? A lot of times it's it's the alienation. It's the, I can't really say what's going on with me because someone will make fun of me or someone will treat me a different mm-hmm. way. So part of what, what I'll say is like the message has to be out there all the time to everybody. You are all welcome. If you want a counselor that looks like you or someone that you think can relate to your right. uh, to your lifestyle or to your culture, you ask for that. Yeah. And, you know, and shame on us as a, as a clinical community if we can't be recognizing that and, right. and giving that and to people. We actually talked about that on a previous show. Yeah. Let me just say that while we were just having a little conversation about the way in which um, in the clinic we provide like a safety plan um, for a person who is struggling or anyone who needs to have some direction when they're on their own at home alone, right? That is a really important piece. And I'm so glad to have this podcast because if that's something we provide in the clinic, then these conversations need to happen. Because mm-hmm. when we say, like, how do you help a person? How do you talk them down from a ledge? How do you say, you know, things will get better? And you're like, no, breathing is not good. Guess what? I've heard plenty of people say breathing is no good right in the moment. And if we're talking about it, a 15-year-old, a 17-year-old, like someone who's struggling with school, someone who's struggling with household things going on, relationships, right? Or, or bullying. Or bullying. Or, or isolation because they're different from everybody else. Bob said to tap into important relationships, what feels good, what does work. Because as long as we can say, you know, this person is struggling, we can't truly say that they're struggling in every area of their lives. Something can be meaningful. You know, I've had someone say, I couldn't leave my dog. My dog is the most important thing to me. I could have never left my dog, right? And so that's something we would tap into as a community. Tap into what's important, what, what you know. What you know is important, what you know that that person likes or loves or is able to tap into when they're struggling, that one thing, right? Thank you, Bob, because that is perfect. That is perfect. And, 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 you know, we're making assumptions. You say all that, that's great. It really is. And it's very important. But I think there are people who will say, my family situation is such, I don't have that kind of relationship. My friends have abandoned me. I have no one. I don't have any pets. I have nothing. And so the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself, which says to me, not only love your neighbor, but you have to find it within yourself to love yourself and who you are. Mm -hmm. So even if you Mm -hmm. have no one, there is something you can tap into, if I can say that. No, that's a a perfect statement, because what our job is to do as as humanity is to try to tap in and help a person to see what we see, which is we don't want you to harm yourself. 
right? So that's the big picture. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to harm yourself. So, so I want to try to tap into whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. We don't know. Um, some people would say, okay, it's a higher being. Some people's going to say the family, the dog, the animal, school. And then you're right. Some people might say, I have nothing. But that doesn't mean that my job is over because... As a human being, my job is still to try to protect you. So I'm going to still try to tap into that no matter what. What I'll add to it, too, is like, you know, we, we could look at it as the person might be looking at it as, I have no one. I'm completely alone. There's nothing worth living for. But that's not true when you look at big picture. Like, I am alone means a lot of things. But it doesn't mean that other people don't care about you. Now, maybe they don't, you don't perceive them as caring about you to the level, to the intensity that you want them to. And, again, it's about reaching out back and forth with, with with relationships. So, you know, we always say when people come into counseling, we really talk about, like, what's most important to you? If you weren't feeling this way right now, what would it look like if you were better? So many people are so stuck sometimes for years with their depression, with, with a lot of the negative things going on with them that they've lost sight of what it'll look yeah. like when they when they yeah. feel better. And, and I know... I, this is just my own thing, but I, I've had conversations with people over the years where, and it's probably not the best way to say it this way, but I, I guess I've meant it with my heart. You have your whole life to decide whether to die or not. You don't have to make that decision right now. As far as right now, how about being open to other possibilities? You have the cards. You you can decide at any point. Give yourself the benefit that yeah. things may change and that yeah. you can get better. One yeah. of the best things a counselor ever said to me, Gordon Spiller, he uh, has since passed, but I said to him one day, and this was early on, this was when I was in my 20s, I said, Gordon, I said, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? What possible reason? And he said, well, one thing I will say to you is someday when you work through all these issues and you get to a place of health, you never know when there's going to be a Bob Stahura that's going to walk into your life and you're going to know exactly what to say to him. And that was a turning point. It's like, wow, maybe I can help somebody at some point. And as it turns out, I have met many people that, you know, would, and again, they're, they're hesitant to share about some of the things they're going through. And I say, I've gone through just that. I'm on this medication. I had those thoughts. And then they open up and then they start talking and, you, and you're able to, you're able to help them in some yeah, way, yeah. whether it's small or, or, or large. Well, and it just reminds me, too, of the value of peer services. You know, you meet somebody expecting mm-hmm. whatever your expectations mm-hmm. are of a clinician, and then you meet, meet this person who, like, you know, if you come to Spectrum Health, you can see a peer specialist who's going to say to you, um, you know what, um, I've gone through similar things. And a lot of times people are like, really? Like, what did you go through? Well, you know. I was suicidal or I was hospitalized or I needed, uh, I was thinking what you just said, Bob, uh, I, I needed to be on medication. And there's nothing like that, like of saying, wow, you know, other people do this and, yeah. you know, they, they live to talk about it right. and, and there's life, mm-hmm. you know. I, I wanted to just, just add a little bit. I have two questions for you, Bob. The first one is, what would you say that you identify, um, like, because we know that this month is the Suicide Prevention Month, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens? What, what happens throughout this month um, that you can identify? 
Well, I, I think in a general sense, the community comes together. I mean, I think it's great that we say September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness mm-hmm. Month. It should be all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and some people say, hey, that's great, a whole month. And then we go a little further and say, well, now we have Suicide Prevention Week. I think it's the uh, September 10th through the 16th is the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a Suicide Prevention Day on the 10th. And then we have our Flag of Hope raising ceremony uh, downtown in, in uh, at the flagpole of the Rath Building and the county executive will be there, Mark O'Brien, Commissioner of Mental Health, Erie County, and, and members of our coalition. And it's really like a show of solidarity, support. Uh, a number of agencies will be coming out. And, and really, it's, it's about we're in this together. We're, you know, we want to give that message of hope. So, you know, I think of that. I, I think, you know, at, at the Suicide Prevention Coalition, we, uh, we do tabling at, uh, there's a gun show coming up in Hamburg that, again, our role there is <laughs> not about pro-con guns, but it's really, you have firearms, let's keep them safe. And so we have some great conversations with people. We give out free gun locks, you know, that, yeah. uh, and we coordinate with uh, the veterans uh, uh, groups as well. So w- when I think in general, what is, you know, what's happening community-wise, um, I think it's a chance for everybody to say, hey, what can I do on this? You know, I can have better conversations with my kids, with my siblings, with my neighbors. You know, we, uh, I, I don't want to get way off on another topic, but, you know, everybody says, oh, kids are so connected. You know, how can they be lonely? They're all over social media. And you talk to the kids and they'll say, I have thousands of uh, friends and I feel lonely as heck, yeah. you know. So I, I, I want to know how we connect with the young people because right. stigma, yes, we, we talk about, we deal with stigma with adults, right? Mm-hmm. But how do we connect with the young people? I know as part of the coalition, we have a schools subcommittee, and, and that has a lot of personnel that are involved with the schools themselves, mm-hmm. talking with kids, programs to reach out to kids. Uh, it, it, you know, we, you probably talked here about American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, AFSP, and they sponsor Talk Save Lives and different programs and different like one-hour talks that they give to kids, adults, school folks, really uh, business people, anybody that could benefit from uh, uh, learning about suicide okay. and preventing it. Can you tell us a little bit about the um, Anti-Stigma um, Coalition? Sure. Spectrum has been uh, one of the agencies that uh, started with the Anti-Stigma Coalition. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really, when you think about it, and this is going to sound very simplified, but it's really about the idea that if you get rid of the stigma, it's a good thing for people to want help mm-hmm. and to to accept help that, you know, they're going to do better. And um, so a, a lot of what, what happens in the anti-stigma is people will take a pledge saying, hey, I really believe in this. It's okay to want to focus on wellness. It's okay that it's not a weakness that I uh, have mental health problems. Right. Now, yeah. I'll, I'll add to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it's more the opposite. We really have to kind of recognize people for being brave, you know, brave to be able to get yeah. their stuff out. And forgive the oversimplification, but there's no stigma when it comes to getting the flu. So, you know, right. people get the flu or the cold and, you know, neighbors come and say, hey, I'll bring you, I'll bring you a bowl of hot soup or something like that. I think when people recognize someone going through something like that, we need to be more proactive about being there and say, what can I do? What, yeah. what can we talk about? How can I be there for you? And When we had that devastation in, in Buffalo, you know, the top shooting, mm-hmm. I remember seeing the news and watching them. Um, they were at a college. I want to say maybe it was UB. And they were talking to uh, some of the young folks there and even a high school. And the conversations were so deep coming from these young people. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, how much do we really connect with them? Well, you're reminding me now, uh, about a month or so ago, I was in Manhattan for the governor's uh, mental health summit on youth, and mm-hmm. it was like an all-day event. And I remember one of the things they did was they had kids on the panel, like teenagers, and, you know, they basically said it was kind of a, an interesting moment because the kids kind of said, hey, you know, you got all this stuff going on. Why don't you invite us on your boards? And I think the audience was kind of going, yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> I, I think more and more. I mean, do we have a yeah. lot of work to do with that, like really recognizing kids um, for their worth and their contributions? I think we have a long ways to go. Well, because if we talk you about know. stigma, when we look at the, the fact that one person feeds another, one person helps another, that one kid who struggles in school has a friend who they text. They have a friend that they connect with that comes over after school. They don't talk to the parents. Great. They don't talk to the uncles and aunts, but they talk to each other. It's a profound thought. We are out of time for this segment, Bob. We don't have much time left for the final (laughs) segment, so would you mind hanging out? We we like to give people hope. We like to give them what the resources are out there. Sure. We will be right back. Thank you, Bob. We are back with our guest, Bob Kanata. He's been gracious enough to hang with us for the entire podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this segment, we always want to end the show with how do people get help? And and the other thing we like to do, we have a, we like to have a little fun on our show because, you know, laughter is a good medicine. Yeah. So, so I read something about you, Bob, that you are a wicked piano player. (laughs) Is this true? (laughs) Just real quickly, a long time ago, I worked for Wurlitzer Music. I was a salesperson there, and I remember thinking then, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll volunteer like at Compass House Crisis Services. Well, they eventually fired me from Wurlitzer because I was spending all the time with Compass House and Crisis Services. (laughs) So, yeah, I played, I I took organ lessons as a kid. I play a little piano, and I'm going to regret that because I, my other joke is, or that people say about me is I could play the first couple bars of a lot of songs, but not that's, complete that's them all. <laughs> Darn, and if we had a keyboard... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's talk about how people get help. So, Bob, what, what, again, you know, we talked about how some people, when they're in the middle of crisis, the last thing they're thinking about is, oh, a phone number. You know, what, what do you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of two things. I mean, you know, one thing is we, we can expect, or we, we want to make it easy for somebody to pick up a phone and get some help or text to get some kind of help. But the other thing is, uh, a lot of times it, it falls on the people that are with them, you know, and more, more mm-hmm. often than not, you'll have a family member says, I don't know what to do. He won't come right. out of his room. He won't mm-hmm. talk. So, you know, things I think about, I mean, I definitely want to, you know, emphasize our, our CARES program, Crisis and Restabilization Emergency Services. This is Spectrum's mobile crisis team that we're going to answer that phone 24-7, 365 days. So somebody could call asking for them help. Now, what, what I've described is like for, for kids under 18 years old in Erie County, somebody could call that phone number 24-7, get a live person who's going to talk with them, or a family member could say, I'm not sure what to do about this, mm-hmm. but... 
you know, so I mentioned CARES, and, and I, again, I've got to say the 988 number, that the, the more recent number. If yeah. you call that yeah. number in Erie County, crisis services is going to pick up that number. You know, you can dial 834. Do you dial anymore or do you press? I guess you press 834-3131. You can get crisis services, but they also answer that 988 line. And what happens when someone calls that line, they're going to get a prompt if this is related to veterans press one. LGBTQ issues, mm-hmm. press three. So it kind of concentrates right. that. And what's the number for the uh, for the Spectrum Cares? 882-4357. Again? 882-4357. Melanie? She's taking notes. Always taking notes. <laughs> Always uh-huh. taking notes. Bob, this was awesome. This was really awesome. We thank you oh, so much for coming great. and having this... Uh, crucial conversation with us um this uh, awareness is key you know and yeah. to uh, to be able to have some conversation to know that first from bob coming from bob who is um here and i like first that bob you share with us where you've been and what you've been through right because that helps the audience to have some understanding that again it's all of us. We all ha- go through things. We find mm-hmm. ourselves in a place, and sometimes we find answers. And if we don't at that moment, then we need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Take a step back, right? Because you said, how do we fix it? What do we do? In the moment, just take a step back. Right. Take a step back. Whatever that looks like for everybody, right? Because your decision is based off of your emotions. And if your emotions are really high at the moment, then that decision could be so wrong. Mm-hmm. Just take a moment and step back. Yeah, it's Absolutely. like any relationship, communication. If you, you know, people are hesitant to say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to cause trouble. I don't yeah. want to, you know, do this or do that. But it's like, if you don't communicate, you'll never know. You'll never move forward. And that's, you know, and, and that's why I love to communicate about what I went through because it, it shows people, don't, you don't have to be afraid to talk about yeah. it. It's not, you know, I don't feel it's a stigma. It's part of my life. It's part of who I am. And if I can help somebody awesome you yes. know uh, so yes. but we are we are out of time and 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 Bob uh, Kanata mm. uh, not only are you the senior vice president of business development and community crisis services for Spectrum Health but you are also uh, on the executive committee of the suicide prevention coalition of Erie County yeah. and the um, Spectrum Health anti-stigma coalition and you have been a wonderful guest we hope awesome. to have you back Thanks. again thank, thank you. you so so very thank much you. Oh, thank you both it's great talking thank with both both. of you all right we thank are you. we will be back uh next month thank you for tuning in we so appreciate your uh your time listening to us and we hope we are some help to you as well and remember never give up you are so worth it stay safe this has been journey to mental health presented by Spectrum Health and Human Services. If you need immediate help, call Spectrum Health's 24-7 emergency line, 716-710-5172. That's 716-710-5172. Until next time, never give up the fight. You are worth it.